Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Below the Line podcast presented by Wicked Mix Holiday and Winter Editions. If you're looking for a late stocking stuffer, head on over to MoonlightMixes.com. Get your hands on some Wicked Mix Holiday and Winter Editions. Trust me, I tasted them. They are great, as is our guest today on the Below the Line podcast. The Atlanta Motor Speedway has been a fixture in NASCAR since 1960, I believe. And today we have their former president on the horn, Mr. Ed Clark. Sir? I'm doing great. Anytime I get a chance to talk about uh, one of my favorite subjects, stock car racing, I'm having a great day. Talk about that with me. It's a great day. Um, and my first question for you, sir, is is how did your career start? Because you had a, a great long career as president of Atlanta Motor Speedway. How did you get into racing and how did you get into that job? Um, it's it's a very interesting story. When I was when I was really just a kid growing up in rural Virginia, my favorite uncle was a big NASCAR fan and and kind of got me interested in it. Uh, I attended my first race when I was eight years old at the old Richmond Fairground Speedway, which is where the current track is now, but it was a dirt track at the time. I uh, started covering races uh, for a little bi-weekly newspaper. I worked at after school when I was in school and uh, did that in high school and on into college. I attended Virginia Tech and, and uh, wrote for a little paper there. And through that, met a lot of people in the business and had an opportunity to take a job working at Bristol Motor Speedway a couple months before I graduated, and it's all I've done since. How did you come to be the president of Atlanta Motor Speedway? Because obviously you had enough experience where they felt you were the man for the job. How did that whole deal kind of come about? I worked at... Uh, I'll kind of go back. I started at Bristol in 1977. Um, that track was sold to a couple of businessmen out of Nashville, Tennessee. Uh, shortly after that, they got the lease at the Nashville Speedway there. Um, so in 1979, I began working at both Nashville and Bristol. Um, became track manager uh, for the track in Nashville. Uh, in during the year of 79 and did that for a couple of years for 1981 I went to work for our company Speedway Motorsports at Charlotte Motor Speedway and at the time that was the only track our company had uh, in 1990 uh, we purchased Atlanta and in I guess the summer of 1992 they asked me to come down and, and be the general manager and so uh, you know, I think I had a total of, I believe it was 29 years uh, working with the Speedway, still doing some work for the Speedway, some project work. And, uh, you know, I just I got to do something everybody would love to do and, and got to do something that wasn't like a job. It's just a pleasure to do day in and day out. in your life and you talk about having a long career and every long career in my opinion is deserving of a great retirement party and from what i read your retirement weekend was 
slightly ruined by something that I think we all remember. Of course, the COVID-19 pandemic. I remember sitting down on the couch as a younger kid and getting so excited to watch practice because, oh, no, the NBA is canceled. Baseball's canceled. Oh, I still have NASCAR. And I turn on Fox Sports and they say, no, we no longer have NASCAR. But what was it like having your retirement weekend and, and that whole situation for you because you still kind of had a job to do there what was that whole situation like dealing with covid right in the middle when you were supposed to be kicking back and celebrating the end of your great career certainly not the uh, the way i expected that it would all end um so it was our nascar weekend um the transporters were in the infield the cars were in the infield um, and we got a call from NASCAR that, hey, you know, we, we may be changing the plan for the weekend a little bit. A few hours later, the call was, we, we may be running the race without fans. Oh, goodness. So, you know, we kind of went into, how's this going to work mode? We had a lot of huddling up, a lot of meetings. And before we could even get any word out about that decision, they called and said, we're not going to race at all. And, and the day all that happened was the day of my retirement dinner. So it got called off and um, basically we all packed up, went home and none of us were even there that weekend. It was the most bizarre thing when we did finally run the race. You know, like so many events that year, we ran it with no people in the stands. and uh, That was the most bizarre uh, race I think I've ever attended in my life. Uh, didn't have anything to do, nobody to take care of, nobody there. And um, it was quite an unusual way to go out, to say the very least. Brings up having the worst retirement weekend ever. I think you can probably win that debate because I can't imagine having this whole thing planned out. You get to ride off into the sunset, get to see the sport that you love race the track that you were the boss of for so long on your retirement weekend. And then it just gets wiped off just like that. Like, like you said, within the span of a few hours and it's just, it's incredible for me to think about that. Cause we all think as fans like, Oh no, you know, there's no NASCAR, no entertainment, but I can't imagine people like you and all the other bosses of these other tracks saying, okay, you know, financially, what's this going to do? You know, what is this going to do in, in future years? Just, I can't imagine the mental process behind all of that, but I'm glad I wasn't in your position there because I would not have known what to do. Um, my next question for you, and I'm not sure that weekend's going to be up there, but do you have a favorite memory from your tenor, uh, tenure as president of AMS? If I had to pick one, I would say it was actually my very first race that I was the manager of the Speedway there, the fall race of 1992. Um, that was the race that Bill Elliott and uh, Alan Kowicki raced head-to-head -head for the championship. Actually, when we started the race, there were six drivers that had a mathematical mm -hmm. chance to win the championship. Um, and those two guys really raced and dueled all day long and it really came down to if bill elliott had waited one more lap to pit and led one more lap he won the race alan finished second alan won the championship but leading one lap made the difference in which driver won the championship after an entire season of racing uh, it was one of the greatest championship duels of all time if not the greatest 
couple of other things were happening that weekend. A guy named Richard Petty <laughs> retired, ran his last race. A guy named Jeff Gordon ran his very first cup race. So there were there were so many so many storylines that weekend that, that that made it really special. The race was great. The build up to Richard's retirement was like nothing I'd ever seen. Of course, it's my first race. I'd never done a race in Atlanta, and I'm learning all along as we went. So many great memories from that weekend, though, and it was really special. And and I was just privileged, really, just to be a little small part of it. I think you could win the debate of, you know, who had the best first day on the job ever. To have your first race not only be the retirement of, in my opinion, the greatest man to ever drive a NASCAR stock car, the first race of a man who would soon be entered in those greatest of all time uh, lists, and then to have a six-way championship battle between, I'm probably going to miss one here, Davey Allison, Mark Martin, Bill Elliott, Kyle Petty, Alan Kowicki, there's one more I can't quite remember the name of right now because, of, of course, I can't. But to have a six-man championship battle, which, you know, we have the championship four now, but we had a championship six in 1992. To see that happen, your first race on the job, I can't imagine the feeling that you had. And, you know, maybe not every race in every championship uh, chase event in Atlanta lived up to that hype, but that's certainly one of the greatest, if not the greatest race in NASCAR history ever. And you got to have that be your, your first race, uh, as manager, um, for you, sir, is somebody who's currently a president or a general manager and owner of a racetrack, or if there's anybody looking to get into the motorsports field, what would that advice from yourself be? I would say if you're looking to get in the field, you, you have a you have a passion for it, and I think people who are passionate about what they do, number one, it's not like work, and it's a lot of fun, and you can you can make it as much fun as you'd like to make it. Uh, I just I tell people this all the time: follow your passion. Uh, young people ask me all the time, "How do I get into the sport?" Um, you know. It, what, what would I need to do to, to get my foot in the door? And I tell them all the time, it's going to be somebody. Why shouldn't it be you? <laughs> and and never, never doubt yourself. If you want to do this badly enough, you will find a way, whether you have to start out as a volunteer in the media center or, or whatever you do, you will find a way to follow your passion and get there. Uh, I, I see so many people working in the business now that, I knew when they were young and you could just tell they were special. They were different. And uh, that's what it takes to, to, to cut through the clutter and, 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 you know, seize upon one of those opportunities. The good news is today there are many more jobs in the sport than there were back in the seventies. When I came along, there were very few jobs to be had. So there's a lot of opportunity out there. Um, go out, you know, introduce yourselves, uh, get to know people in the sport. You never know when an opportunity is going to come along and someone you've shaken hands with or just introduced yourself to might think of you and recommend you for that position. And be passionate, too. I like that you mentioned that, and I like how much you talked about in this interview that, that you did have a passion for the sport because I've been asked by one or two people, you know, why do you 
you know, sit in front of a microphone for hours a week and record a podcast about cars going in circles. And I'm sure you were probably asked by some outsiders, you know, why do you watch cars go around in circles? And, you know, that's a very simple way to put it. It's a very simplistic way of looking at the sport. Um, but it's because we have a passion for it. And if you don't have a passion for what you do, I, I, you know, you're not going to have very much fun and you're probably not the best person for the job. So I love that you said that. And I'm, I'm glad that Atlanta Motor Speedway had somebody like you that was so passionate about this sport, was so passionate about the track leading it, because that's very, very important. And uh, on Friday, I'm actually going to have the privilege of talking to, uh, to Mike Birch, who's the chief operating officer of Speedway Motorsports, the company that owns Atlanta Motor Speedway. And, and um, I've had the chance to talk to so many great leaders and, and what you're saying about um, being passionate and getting to know people is the overarching theme from what I've heard uh, from people similar to Mike who are in a leadership position in the sport at a corporation, at a track and whatnot. So thank you for sharing that. And thank you so much for joining the show today. It's always great to talk to anybody in the industry. We've had the privilege of interviewing so many awesome people on the show, you included, but to hear the story of somebody like you who saw multiple generations of race cars and got to see you know three decades almost of racing at atlanta and racing in general it's great to get stories uh like yours out there so thank you so much for joining certainly my pleasure and uh, you'll enjoy the conversation with mike he gets to work with teams of people like me that are passionate about what they do all across our great company and uh, he's a leader to all of them and you'll enjoy the conversation with him for joining us today. Thank you for your service, not just to the Atlanta Motor Speedway, but to NASCAR, to racing as a whole, and kind of paving a way forward for all of us who want to be involved in the sport. Just thank you so much for uh, for what you did. And, and you know, I hopefully this interview serves as a, as a thank you better than a virus-filled weekend in March of 2020 where you couldn't see anybody and, and everything probably had to be done over Zoom. But just thank you so much for joining the show. It's been my pleasure. I hope we get a chance to do it again. Absolutely.